morning, I'm Annika Colbert. It's Wednesday, March 16th, bringing San Diego families guaranteed income. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The median price of an existing single-family home in San Diego County is $888,000 as of February. That's over $10,000 more than last month and $100,000 more than a year ago. That's according to data from the California Association of Realtors. A former Coronado resident and Army veteran was sentenced on Tuesday to three months in prison for being part of the January 6th insurrection. 34-year-old Jeffrey Smith pleaded guilty last month to misdemeanor counts of parading, demonstrating, and picketing in the Capitol building. According to prosecutors, Smith helped move iron benches in front of closed doors of the Capitol, allowing rioters to access the building. A Lincoln High School student suspected of having a gun on campus was arrested by police after a standoff that lasted over an hour. The incident happened on Tuesday at around 2.30 in the afternoon. The student had been brought into the principal's office for questioning, but then managed to lock himself in the room and refused to come out. According to SDPD's Adam Sharkey, the student had a ghost gun tucked in his pants when he was taken into custody. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Donations come in many forms. A sustaining membership, a one-time gift, even that extra vehicle you no longer need. Learn more about the advantages of donating a vehicle. Here's how. Go to kpbs.careasy.org or call 877-KPBS-CAR. San Diego's first ever guaranteed income project is officially underway. Families received their first checks on Tuesday. KPBS Race and Equity reporter Christina Kim has more on the San Diego for Every Child pilot project. 150 households across San Diego County received payments of $500 on Tuesday as part of San Diego's first guaranteed income project. Kia Pollard is the director of San Diego for Every Child. She's been signing up families for the past few months and has heard firsthand the impact this additional money will have on them. I've heard families say things like, I want to use this to pay for my family's medical bills. I want to find childcare for my son, daughter. I want to use this money to save. The $2.9 million program will run for two years. The goal? To measure how it impacts participating families and evaluate the program's ability to scale up if the pilot is successful. Christina Kim, KPBS News. The San Diego County Sheriff's Department and the San Diego Police Department are facing criticism over the deadly shooting of a woman earlier this month. KPBS reporter John Carroll has more. 
Video released of the incident shows a deputy serving 47-year-old Yan Lee eviction papers at her Little Italy condo. She threw them back at him and barricaded herself. Over the next 45 minutes, deputies and San Diego police officers tried to get Lee to come out. They made entry into her apartment, trying to subdue her with beanbag rounds and a canine, but the video shows her coming at them with a knife. She was shot dead in a building hallway. Community advocate Tasha Williamson says the incident was mishandled. They should have used de-escalation training. Um, in de-escalation, they did not have to enter her home um, because she was not a threat to anyone. The police department is handling the investigation. They declined comment as that investigation is ongoing. John Carroll, KPBS News. A local school is incorporating the war in Ukraine into its lessons. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez has more. Russia has in recent days asked China specifically for military equipment, including drones. Mark Vanover starts his first period class every morning with a discussion on the latest news from the war zone in Ukraine. This class is an elective called Current Issues, offered here at Canyon Crest Academy in Carmel Valley. 17-year-old senior Elizabeth Campbell Budilenko sits in the front row watching history unfold on a computer screen and a projector, detailing the war that has directly impacted her mother's family. And they evacuated uh, from Ukraine and crossed the border. And so thankfully they're safe in Poland. Elizabeth tells her story and does not mince words. Terrible, the war going on. I just, the whole thing's a mess. Shouldn't have happened in the first place. Uh, there's so many things that could have gone differently, should have gone differently. Across the Canyon Crest campus, Stuart Pollock is teaching U.S. government. He has some seniors old enough to vote in the next election. Mr. Pollock is committed to the truth in his classroom. It is always a challenge to make sure that the sources that, that we're using are, are accurate as can be, and also to help the students understand how to make those decisions and, and those judgments for themselves as they get older. 18-year-old Sasha Rudikov is a Russian-American with families and friends still in the war zone. Many people think that this is Russia versus Ukraine, but in reality it's Putin versus Ukraine. Most Russians that support this don't know any better. And Frankie Salceda is 18 years old and believes the NATO coalition will end this war with military strength when the time comes. So it's just really up to the Russians at this point. If they attack, say, Poland, then they're basically signing their own death warrant. A war of words that continues as intensely as the conflict on the battlefield. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Coming up, new data says fear of racial discrimination plays a large role in how service members of color pick their careers. We'll have that story next, just after the break. Long ago, when the public square was the only place to share news, events, and happenings, people were drawn to it. Living in community with others was the route to understanding each other and the world around us. The public square has changed dramatically. 
but our need to learn and understand one another hasn't. This is Port of Entry, the Parker Edison Project. Listener-supported KPBS Cinema Junkie. Thank you for listening to KPBS Podcasts and for being part of our region's virtual public square, where you learn not only about the headlines of the day, but about culture, music, and the issues that are important to all of us. Help keep the virtual square alive and well. Support podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Gift Now button, and make a donation. And thanks again. New research shows that fear of racial discrimination weighs heavily in career decisions among some military service members of color. Troops are turning down duty assignments because they don't want to move to certain bases or military towns. That can affect their careers and America's military readiness. Desiree DiOrio reports for the American Homefront Project. Almost a third of the military families in the survey say they refused orders to relocate because of worries about the racial climate at the new installation. And more than half of them say the decision hurt their careers. The study is one of a handful in recent years that explores how race and discrimination affect the everyday lives of service members. The results are mixed. Most respondents say the military has had a positive effect on them overall, but many also reported outright discrimination, like racial slurs, and fear for their safety on and off base. Jenny Aiken is one of the researchers at Blue Star Families who worked on the study. Active duty family respondents of color are making very big decisions about military life based on perceptions of racism and fear for their family's safety. Aiken says many of the service members who turned down relocation orders faced other consequences, like unfair negative performance reviews or opportunities for career advancement that disappeared. Obviously, these are huge conversations. Decisions in all of them affect overall military readiness and retention. A spokesperson for the Department of Defense did not comment directly on the findings in the Blue Star Family's report, but said in a statement that the department is now studying the roadblocks that keep service members of color from advancing. Retired First Sergeant C.T. Moss says she never turned down an assignment in her 24-year Army career, but she's wanted to. Now she runs the Racial Equity and Inclusion Initiative for Blue Star Families. Back in 2014, she was a single mom trying to make her way up the Army ranks. I remember originally saying, I do not want to go to Mississippi. I do not hear great things about that area when it comes to my family, being an African-American family. But we went because it was going to be great for my career. She says she was in Mississippi only a few months before she became concerned about the safety of her then 13-year-old son. My son was racially profiled in our neighborhood where we live twice, twice. And one was from an undercover cop who didn't identify himself. It got to a point where I had to make a decision. So Moss sent him to Florida to live with other family members while he attended high school. That's a situation that I tucked away for many years. I never even thought to talk to my chain of command about it. But she says now those conversations about what's going on in military communities need to happen in the open. It's okay to have these uncomfortable conversations and to talk 
about this, even within our ranks, because we never know who else may have similar experiences. Blue Star Families says that the racial climate in military towns will become even more important in the next several years as the American population and the military become increasingly diverse. One of their key recommendations is to strengthen the relationship between bases and their surrounding communities so that military families of color feel safe enough to stay in the service. I'm Desiree DiOrio on Long Island. Fifty years after it opened, the San Diego VA will become the first VA named after a female veteran of color. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh has more. March 15, 1972, with the Vietnam War winding down, the San Diego VA hospital opened its doors in La Jolla. Ironically, the day before the 50-year anniversary, President Biden signed a bill naming the hospital for Captain Jennifer Moreno. The 25-year-old Army nurse was killed in Afghanistan. Dr. Arnold Gass has been with the VA since 1972. It'll be a place in which people should remember why it's called the Veterans Facility and why we need to take care of veterans of all types, all genders, all gender choices. The San Diego VA is now the first VA in the country to be named after a woman veteran of color. Steve Walsh, KPBS News. A group called San Diego Oasis has opened a space at the Grossmont Mall where seniors can come and learn tech skills. KPBS reporter Thomas Fudge visited the tech tank. The tech tank is a glassed-in room full of homey furniture in the headquarters of San Diego Oasis. It's a place where the instructors will work to close a digital divide that is holding back elderly people unfamiliar with computers and smartphones. Raul Bernal-Gonzalez is one of the instructors there. He says many of the problems older people have with digital technology are familiar to most of us. Like how to save a picture to a phone, how to save an attachment from an email. Um, how do I, if I take a picture, how do I send it? He told the story of a woman who wanted to delete some email messages, but was very concerned she'd also delete some photos of her granddaughter embedded in the email. A donation from Cox Communications made the tech tank possible. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. Film Out San Diego is screening John Waters' Hairspray today at 7 p.m. as part of its ongoing monthly film series. The film is set in Waters' beloved Baltimore in the 1960s as teens deal with everything from beehive hairdos to racial integration. KPBS film critic Beth Accomando reminds us why the film is important to celebrate. Harris Glenn Milstead was an actor who gave the world the gift of Divine, a 300-pound drag queen who was the unmistakable star of John Waters' cinematic universe. Stick with me and we'll claw our way to the top! Waters and the outrageously glamorous Divine brought bad taste to the level of art and launched an all-out satiric assault on the middle-class values that they saw as oppressive and hypocritical. Waters displayed a keen eye for social observation and genuine compassion for the social misfit. He would hone those skills to perfection in Hairspray in 1988, in which Divine played the mother of a rebellious teen. It's the times. They're a-changing. Something's blowing in the wind. Fetch me my diet pills, would you, hun? Film out is screening the Divine version of Hairspray, not the 2007 remake with John Travolta in a fat suit. 
Divine gave us a new definition of beauty, one that proudly did not conform to society's norms. Milstead passed away in 1988, just as Divine was finding mainstream success. Film Out celebrates Milstead's divine legacy with Hairspray this Wednesday at Hillcrest Cinemas. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.